My name is Erica, and this is Story Sanctuary. Story Sanctuary is a space for NICU parents to process and share their stories as a form of healing. Each episode features a different family's birth and NICU journey. Today, we're joined by Danya. Danya, where does your story begin? Um, well, Erica, thank you for having me. Um, my story began as just a regular doctor's appointment. <laughs> Um, I actually was having a little bit of bleeding before, like throughout my pregnancy. Um, but it kind of became like a, a normal thing kind of, it was kind of like, yeah, you're bleeding, but you're okay. Everything is fine. Um, but one weekend, (laughs) now that I know that I'm more aware, it was actually my mucus plug that came out. And I didn't know because I'm a first time mom. But over the weekend, um, I was having a little bit more bleeding, not to the point where I thought I was miscarrying. Um, And um, a lot of, I don't know, uh, I don't want to get too descriptive. And then you're like, (laughs) you can get as descriptive as you want. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, so basically it was um, a lot of like discharge or whatever like that. And I was just like, okay, this is a little bit more than regular. So um, I had my glucose test and um, I had my glucose test and I was so determined that I'm going to pass my glucose test. And I was like, you know, what? let me go in a little earlier. And um, I called And I was like, yeah, I'm coming a little earlier for my glucose test, but I just want to check because over the weekend, I was just kind of like having a little bit, a lot of stuff, a little bit of stuff going on. And my fiance was there with me and my doctor was like, oh, you're fine. Let me just check you. You know, she checked me and she was like, she got up. I would never forget her face. My doctor is like blue eye, blonde hair. Like I love her. She's just a lot of joy but she just got up and she was like Tanya you're three centimeters dilated and I was like remind you remind you I was at work like a regular day I work at a university so I'm walking regular day you know and this whole time I'm three centimeters dilated (laughs) and she was like we gotta rush you over to delivery and that's really where my story began and they were preparing for me. I was 26 weeks at the time when I went in the hospital and they were kind of, my doctor was like, you're not going anywhere. So get comfortable, you know, make the room your home and all this kind of stuff. And um, I had a doula. So um, I was just like, Cassandra, can you bring some stuff so I can start uh, making my room feel like a home? Cause I'm not going anywhere. Cause they were trying to keep me to at least 32 weeks, at least 32. I mind you, I'm 26 weeks at the time. So I ended up in the hospital for a stay for a week and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. I was on a liquid diet because they did not want me to eat food and then have to go to the bathroom and then have the baby, you know? So yeah, that's, yeah, that's where it started. A week in hospital, my baby came. Mm-hmm. Two two pounds, two ounces. Mm-hmm. What was that day like? The day that she came. Um, I woke up. It was on a Saturday, 
And it was a normal routine. Seven o'clock, the nurses come in and, you know, check on you. And I was having these sharp pains. Remind you, now I'm looking back at it. I was like, I was having contractions. (laughs) And I did not know, you know, like I was having contractions. I was having these sharp pains. But they kept saying, oh, it's probably a UTI, you know, because from the catheter and all this kind of stuff, it was probably a UTI. And I was like, no. And I just started screaming, (laughs) Erica. I started screaming. I was like, these pains are awful. Like, they were just getting worse and worse and worse. And the nurse, the the doctor came in and she checked me and I was eight centimeters dilated. Mm. Yeah, that was around noon. And um, the day I gave birth okay so i so they you know wheeled me in was like okay you're having this baby today and um i'm trying to go back yeah i had the epidural and everything like that and um one thing i I want you to take all of this the day of of my birth again my doula was there my fiance was there and my mother-in-law was there and they did it to where I was able to see my own birth. Yeah. They had a mirror right in front of me and my doula, she had set it up and I'm so thankful for this. Like my birth was just amazing despite all the craziness that was going on because it was like probably 10 nurses in there. And, um, my doula came, she had gave me some, um, lavender to smell she had lit some can like not candles but like fake candles that and turn turn the lights off and um she told everybody can you please be quiet and the whole time she's whispering in my ear and she's just like talk to Mackenzie right now it's just you and Mackenzie right now and my fiance was just there because we've been going to like um classes and stuff with my doula like preparing and she was just like talk to Mackenzie talk to Mackenzie and I was just like baby girl if you're ready let's go let's do this together and I could just I could just hear Mackenzie was just like mommy I'm ready to come like I'm ready and that's when I saw everything happen like, cause I was looking in the mirror and I was just like, kind of just in my zone and everybody was quiet. Cause my doula was like, y'all be quiet. <laughs> this is her time. And believe it or not, Mackenzie came kicking, just kicking, ready for the world. And, um, they were very surprised. She came out kicking a two pound, two ounce baby. And, um, it was amazing. It was amazing. She was just like, this is your time. And it was just quiet and everybody, I have pictures. You could see everybody was just looking like, oh, you know, <laughs> like everybody was just in the trend. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, so she came out kicking. Mm-hmm. What happened next? Um, she came out kicking. Um, then they, of course, brought her over to get all the, you know, oxygen, everything like that. I was able, she held my finger um, because, of course, I couldn't hold her. And um, 
she held my finger and I was able to see her, but you know, and I was just looking at her and I was just like, wow, you're a little warrior. You are a little warrior. And, um, from then they wheeled her off to the NICU and, um, my fiance went and he, he was able to experience more than me a little bit with her. No, actually, no, he was in the room with me. I think he went to go check on her after everything was cleared, after, you know, they went, gave her some, she was breathing on her own at first and then she stopped. So she had to um, get oxygen. So she was on oxygen for a while. So um, then after that, um, of course, all the cleaning up and all that stuff, you know, um, of birth and, they were like, okay, she's ready for some milk. And I was just like, oh, I got a pump. <laughs> I was like, she's early. I was just like, oh, my milk comes down. And it's just amazing how a woman body is. Like, because I thought, hey, your milk comes down when you're about seven, eight months. You know, that's when, you know, um, everything starts happening, leaking and all of that. So I did not know that, hey, once you have a baby, your body is like, okay, let's start producing milk and all this kind of stuff. I did. Again, first time mom. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And I was pumping milk and everything. And um, one of the things I remembered was they were like, oh, if you don't have enough milk, we have to give her donors milk. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, because the thing is, and I don't, I, and I am not, um, you know, I'm not saying moms are bad because they can't breastfeed or they decide not to breastfeed. No, of course not. Um, but in my head, I was just kind of like, I wasn't able to hold her. I wasn't able to um, do kangaroo time with her when she first, like, you know, that attachment. As soon as the baby comes, they put your, put the baby on your chest. I did not get to experience that. So my thing was, I at least want her to have my milk, you know, like, you know, so I want to be able to give her something. Like, I missed out on all of this. So I was just there like... <laughs> You know, and I remember one of the doc, one of the nurses came and she was like, "If you can't pump, you want to sign this paper." And I was like, "No, I'm not signing that paper. She's gonna get her milk by tonight. I promise you." So I was drinking like Gatorade, water, <laughs> everything, and she she got her milk. She got her milk that night. So, um, yeah, yeah. What was that NICU journey like? <sighs> What part? <laughs> Start from the beginning. Let's hear it. Listen, my NICU... Oh, my NICU journey was very emotional for me. Um, it, it, it was... First of all, I've never experienced... Like, none of my family... I, none of my family experienced that. So I wasn't able to call an aunt and be like, Hey, aunt so-and-so, like, what happened when you had the baby and she was in the NICU or, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have that. So it was kind of like going into the NICU, seeing all these babies, I mean, <laughs> on just all these wires and everything. And all you hear in the NICU is beep, beep, beep. Like, that's all you're hearing the entire time. So it was just like, 
And then nerve wracking when some another baby is like going off, and you're looking like, "What's going on with that baby?" You know, it, it was it was crazy. But um, there was a few people that um, made this journey a little easier for me. I want to say make it better, but easier for me. Um, nurse Jeanette, she was an older nurse, and she warned me the first night I went to go see Mackenzie. I went to go see her that night. And um, she was just like, mommy, this is going to be a roller coaster. So just get prepared. And I think that was the best advice that someone could have given me to prepare me. I'm a type of person, even if it's bad news, I want to hear it so I can prepare myself. Don't sugarcoat anything or nothing like that. And I had to let those nurses and doctors know, do not sugarcoat anything with me. Let me know what's going on with Mackenzie, you know? Cause one of the doctors was like, you know, some parents don't want to know everything. Well, I'm one of those parents that want to know everything. Good, bad, somewhat, whatever, you know? Um, she was like, this is going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be good days and it's going to be bad days. And sure enough, she was 100% correct. Um, there were good days where we were celebrating that she got off a high, um, high low ex- um, oxygen and went to low, uh, you know, all those little things. Um, feeding her for the first time, um, having her feeding tube out, like those were things to celebrate, you know. And then it was times where, I bumped heads with doctors, um, nurses, you know, as an African-American, I think sometimes they, they just think that we don't know enough or we're dominant or, you know, we come off rude and it's, it's, it's not that it's, I'm asking you a question because I want to know about my child, you know, um, my case manager, um, well, case coordinator, um, she was awesome too. She was great. She calmed me down a few times <laughs> and, um, Mackenzie. So Mackenzie, she was the type of baby that she did, did things on her own. She did things on her own. Like, Hey, I don't want to be off this oxygen right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, so, um, she had two blood um, transfusions while being in the um, NICU, two blood transfusions. And I remember the doctor um, was was talking to me because I wanted to know more about it because they called me asking, can they have a blood transfusion? I was like, you, you don't call me and tell me that I'm coming in <laughs> to sign paperwork. I'm not signing. I'm not consenting nothing over the phone. I'm going to come in and then you do it, you know? And I remember one of the doctors, she was just talking about death and all this kind of stuff. And I told her, I was just like, um, don't talk about death over my child. I was like, we can move into another room. Like I was one of those moms. Like, <laughs> Don't speak all that negative energy over my baby. Like this is all good energy. Um, tell me if there's certain questions you want to know. Cause it, like my journey was just, <laughs> it was a lot, but then it wasn't cause making, um, Kenzie Poo page and following these other moms, I'm like, oh, my Nikki journey wasn't nothing, <laughs> you know, compared to all the surgeries. Mackenzie didn't have to have any surgeries or anything like that, thank God. 
Um, but she did have a lot of ups and downs when it came to her oxygen and, um, um, what else? Yeah, it was, um, carrying 80 to a hundred (laughs) bottles every two weeks. Yeah. I used to have a lot of bottles. (laughs) I used to pump. I, I mean, it was amazing. They used to just be like, Oh, Miss Manny is coming in with her groceries. <laughs> Make room in the refrigerator. You know, um, I, I used to fill up that refrigerator. I, I used to fill it up. Because um, I just felt like that was, you know, the only thing that I could do at that time. You know, I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. I used to read her books. I, I used to I used to go there all the time, like twice a day and sometimes once a week. Yeah. So her journey was pretty decent. Um, I'm trying to give you little milestones she hit. Um, I think within like the month and a half, she ended up coming off oxygen completely. And we were able to have our own room. Oh, that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Having your own room. Like she had her little crib. I I used to have little Bible verses over her, um, her little crib. Um, I used to have pictures. I tried to make it, although she's just a baby, she don't know what's going on, but I tried to make it as homey as, as much as possible in all positive energy around her when I in her room. And that's what I tried. But that was amazing. When we got her own room, it was amazing. Yeah. What was the situation before the her own room? What did that look like? Well, so... Um, it was kind of like open now. Thank God my NICU wasn't huge. Like I've heard about, they were like, oh yeah, we have like a hundred babies. And I'm like, a hundred babies. Um, so it was about probably like 50 babies in there. Probably not even that much. No, not 50. I'm, I'm lying. It was probably 20. I would say 20 because they had two sides. They had one side, okay, so they had one side when your baby is really preemie and then on all these different oxygen and, and, and technology, I should say, they're on one side. And then they kind of graduate and go on another side. So it was like a wide room like this. I don't know because, yeah, it was like this big. And then you had like one baby here, one baby here, and then one baby there and one baby there. And that was like one section. And then it was another section with four other babies or whatever. So like that nurse that you have, she would probably be taking care of two of those babies at one time. So that it was kind of open. So that's where we were at first. So how long did you spend in the open area? And then how long did you spend in your own room? Um, So she was in there for three months. So in the open area, she was in there in February... I would say, hold on, February, March, two, I would say two months and a half. Because when she moved over into her own room, she was there from April and she got released in May. Okay. So she wasn't there for a very long time. Yeah. So she was, um, as I said, she was, we had little, it was a little roller coaster. Sometimes, um, 
you know, she would do good on the oxygen. And then sometimes she was just lazy. And then remind you, Erica, it was a lot going on, like, the, you know, with babies getting their eyes checked and this, and then they're changing their feedings and all this kind of stuff. So she had her ups and downs. So she was on the other side, let's just say two, two months. And then on the other side, probably like a month and some change. Yeah. Okay. If that was enough accurate information for no, you. That's just, I know you. <laughs> this is perfect. So what was the transition to home like? Um, um, oh, these questions are nice. Because um, it's making me go back like really into that moment. Um, so transition, I actually wrote that down because, you know, I'm sick of the questions that you gave me and made sure I write it. So my transition home. So one of the best, um, times I think was looking for her car seat. They were like, okay, because the thing, the way my NICU did it was May 8th was her due date and she was doing good. So they were preparing me like, mom, she's going to be home by May 8th by her birthday (laughs) you know um she's gonna be home so I was preparing or whatever for that um and that was amazing and we were also um buying a new house so that she can go have her own little space and everything like that so that was stressful but it was nice at the same time um preparing to go home COVID hit (laughs) oh what month so baby shout so I came home. Oh, it May. was May of last year. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So I had her in February, like three weeks before everything shut down. Everything shut down in early March for us. So I had her February 8th, which gave me enough time. <laughs> which um thankfully, because in that time the NICU was still open for her grandparents to see her and everything like that. And I was able to have people in my birth room. Um, remember I told you I had the doula, my fiance, my mother-in-law. Now you only can have one person. So I literally got lucky that I had her February 8th. Cause if I had her anytime, like late February, everything would have been, I would giving you a different story right now. So, um, so May, so she came home in May, we preparing for her baby shower got canceled because of COVID. (laughs) Um, we were so limited. I couldn't really go anywhere because everything had shut down. So getting her stuff was kind of a little challenging, but thank God people had already bought things for the baby shower. So we had to go, um, I was going to have my baby shower like two hours away from our house. And, um, Thankfully, his grandmother, his family is amazing. They came together and just dropped everything off at his grandmother's house. And we were able to pick her, pick up all the items. When I say my whole truck was packed of things, like I was just so thankful because I needed everything. And then his mom was just like, anything that you need right now and you don't have, I will get it. And my mom too, like our, both of our families came together. My mom came down like, a couple of weeks after she came home and it, yeah, we had to make it, <laughs> we had to make it because COVID hit and it just changed everything. Um, and then when she came home, the first day I remember, I actually stayed at the hospital. I know people are like, you stayed at the hospital with COVID? Yeah, I did. 
They gave you an option to stay like, okay, um, they gave you the option to stay the night right before your baby go home. So you could kind of know the ropes. And me, I'm a paranoid mom. I was like, I need to be prepared. <laughs> so what they did was they put us in a room, they sanitize it and everything like that. It was like a little back room um, in the NICU. It was a really nice, it was a nice room. It was decent. And um, she spent the night with me and a nurse came and showed me like, okay, like I've been watching the whole time, but it's different when you know your child is about to come home and that's the last training you're about to receive. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to learn how to do the water, the formula, and then her vitamins and all this kind of stuff and how to feed her the right way so that she won't choke or anything like that. Um, the nurse was there helping me the whole time and she was like this is how you sleep with her or this is how you change her like she just kind of gave me a basic one-on-one because again COVID hit I couldn't go to birthing classes and all that kind of stuff so um yeah we went I spent the night with her now the first night I spent with her Thank God I did it in the hospital. I don't regret that at all. She was making noises. Preemie grunts. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Preemie grunts. It's, it's just a, a noise they make because they're preemie. They grow out of it, though. But it's a noise that you're, you have, you'll be looking like, is she okay? Is she okay? And it's just like a... Like, you know, I'm guessing because of all the oxygen and the tubes and everything... It, it makes their, you know, um, throat like, I, I don't know. It, it, yeah. Don't, don't let me tell you the right terms, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's like a, like, that's how they breathe. So it was just like, okay, you know, <laughs> um, but it was amazing. Um, my, my fiance came the next day prepared, had the car seat in and, you know, everything and took her home. And my fiance, <laughs> daddy's girl, he was just staring at her the whole time <laughs> while, he, while we were home. He was just looking like I have a picture of him just sitting there just looking like she's really home. Like we were like, she is really really home oh my gosh it was crazy so yeah we drove home and my fiance was just looking at her the whole time did we sleep no <laughs> <laughs> We were all like this, like, <laughs> looking like, okay, you get some rest first and then we switch places. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said when you were in the NICU, there were several people that helped you survive and get through that time. What else helped you survive? Anything else? Um, okay. One, it was some of the nurses. They actually loved what they were doing. Um, I told you about the nurse that came, um, that, that, that just basically told us like, Hey, this is, this is going to be a roller coaster, you know, um, two, um, it was another nurse, um, 
that gave her a little bouncer so she could sit up and watch TV. That warmed my heart, you know, than her just laying there the entire day, you know, Um, giving her baths. I was able to give her a bath. I want moms to know there are things that you can do. Ask, please ask the case manager, coordinator, or whoever is over the DQ, what can I do? Because you can bathe your baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and I did that. And it was so special to do that. The little, the little things like that. Um, you, you, you can um, bring items from home so they can smell you. Um, those were things that made my NICU experience a little easier, you know, um, giving your baby a bottle or breastfeeding, um, <clears throat> ask the nurse, can, can I, when are you going to give her a bottle for the first time? Can I come in and be there? You can, <laughs> you know, experience that for the first time, giving your baby a bottle or breastfeeding for the first time, you know, um, kangaroo time. These are things I did not know, Erica, because mm. things happened so quick when the lady came over from the NICU, to, she was just giving me, telling me what will happen as far as um, how the NICU is set up, um, my visitation hours, touch time. Those were the things she was going over, but she didn't get into details that I can do kangaroo time anytime I want to. Oh, wow. um, I can feed her. I can bathe her. The Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays when she gets a bath, you can come in, call your nurse and see what time she's going to give her a bath or when she's going to give her a bottle so you can be there. Those are things that you can do. Um, so thank God I asked those questions because, you know, I guess some parents don't want to do those things, but I, I wanted to. Um, so that made it easier. And I also reached out to Hand to Hold. I love them. Um, Hand to Hole is a um, foundation for NICU. Um, <clears throat> you can find them on Instagram. Um, they pair you up with a parent that experienced something similar. So you reach out to them and you tell them the story. And then they kind of pair you up with someone who had a, a similar story like you. Because oh, wow. everybody, yeah, everybody NICU experience is different. <laughs> Very different. I don't care what anybody said. So um, I got paired up with a mom, Danielle, from New York, and she used to check on me. And then I also reached out to March of Dimes as well, and they paired me up with a mom. Um, Her name is Erica, too. And they used to just check on me. They'd be like, send me pictures. And I used to send them pictures or what's going on with Mackenzie. And I used to reach out to them all the time to ask some questions so that helped a lot because guess what covid hit so there was no that all the groups were canceled all the um you know support groups were canceled and then i think at that time a lot of people was not into zoom and all of that it's just recently people are like yeah yeah and you know i think recent people are like let's do a zoom baby shower and all this kind of stuff but this is when covid just hit so everybody wasn't into the whole let's do virtual, you know? Um, so there was not, um, support, there was not support groups that I knew of in my um, area. That's amazing. I've talked to so many NICU families and my daughter was in the NICU for six and a half months. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that March of Dimes 
connected families like that or that hand to hold existed? Yeah. So hand to hold pair you up now, March of Don. Okay. Probably because, um, I had one of my sorority sisters, she is a, she's actually one of, she's, she's, I, I want to say she's probably like a coordinator or something in Florida. So I think she kind of was like, Hey, let me pair you up. I don't know if they do it. I won't be surprised if they do though. March yeah. of dimes. Um, but hand to hold definitely pair you up though. You just reach out. Um, and, um, it, her name was Jenny. Um, I reached out to her and she paired, paired me up within like two weeks, I think. Wow. That is great information. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still talk to them to this day. Like I donate, like for my daughter's birthday, I had them raise, um, raise money, um, to donate to hand to hold because hand to hold is amazing. They have so many resources and it's really easy to get in touch with them and everything. So it's, it, yeah, they're really amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say to a parent that's currently going through an extended NICU stay? Um, um, reach out to resources. Um, there's so much out there. Um, don't let anyone tell you that you're asking too many questions. Uh, enjoy all the little milestones. Get a journal. I literally have a journal of every milestone for Mackenzie. I kind of been slipping for the past couple of months, but from she was in the hospital, I wrote down everything from when she got her uh, her feeding tube removed and when they, as I said, when they moved her over to her own room because she graduated. And I was like, yay, baby, you're doing such a good job. Um, one thing I can say is if something in your heart is saying to go see your baby, go. Even if it's two o'clock in the morning, go. Because I had one of those incidents where I could not sleep. Mm. And, and, and when I went there, Mackenzie was just so fussy. So fussy. She had a new nurse. <laughs> Mackenzie did not like that. <laughs> she did not like that nurse. Because she was a little older by now. Um, she, she was a little older by now. So <laughs> she was just kind of like, I don't like you. <laughs> she did not like that nurse. And um, I spent the whole night with her that night and I calmed her. Yeah. The doctor was saying that she's probably sick and this and that. Nope. I held her and she was fine the following day. Mm-hmm. Mom, trust your <laughs> trust your instincts, man. Trust it. Um, and as I said, enjoy the small little milestones and ask questions and um it's it's so many things I could tell moms like it's so many things I'm probably missing something but just enjoy every milestone that's all I have to say ask questions and reach out don't ever be afraid to jump into somebody inbox (laughs) 
<laughs> on Instagram, please. You know, I don't think there's one Niku mom that will look at somebody and be like, mm, I'm not responding to her. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, so, yeah. And as Black women, be strong for your kid. Um, you're their advocate. They depend on you. So ask those questions and be there. Mm. And self-care. I know <laughs> I, I I started going crazy. I, I believe I started going a little crazy after a while <laughs> because going there every day. And then when COVID hit, it was like a whole screening we had to do to get into the hospital. It was not as easy as it was before when she went in there. Um don't don't feel like you're less of a mom because you decide to call that day instead of go in, you know. Um, take a day, even if it's a day of crying. <laughs> like you literally need a day or so, and just you know, your baby needs you. And I think one of the lessons I learned, I was so stressed that I stopped producing milk. Because I was so stressed. And then when you stress it, you're not pumping the way you're supposed to be pumping and all this kind of stuff. So self-care. Yeah. I think that's about it. (laughs) Well, Danya, storytelling acts as a means of healing because it allows you to shift positions. You get to own your story and decide what you want the lasting memory to be. Mm -hmm. So when you look back at your birth um, and Mackenzie's NICU journey, what do you want the lasting memory of your story to be? Um, Connecting with my baby. Mm -hmm. That connection. um, Healing. Um. Healing and knowing that I was the best mom that I could be. And we got through this together. Yeah. Stronger than anything else. We got through this. We got through this. A lot of prayers and everything. So I think one of the last things is, yeah, healing. And we got through this together <laughs> as a family <laughs> daddy too I, I you sometimes we leave out the dads daddies too um because he used to go there when I couldn't so um we got through this together <laughs> what's Mackenzie like now what's her personality like Ooh, feisty She's a little fighter. She is a little fighter, a little warrior. And I think that I, I, it's funny because a lot of the nurses were like, a lot of the, the um, Black babies, girls especially, are little fighters. They feisty. They're like, ah, I'm going to conquer this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I, I think um, Mackenzie got right into that, um, fell right into that. She is, she's so lovable. She, she has a smile. She's teaching me so much. I think sometimes I'm an overthinker. I was stressed. 
I'll keep stressing. <laughs> but Mackenzie, she she does what she wants to do. That's that she she's teaching me. She she's lovable. She's just laughing. Like she would just go to you. She just look at you. <laughs> Very observant. Very. If Mackenzie don't like you, yes, yeah, something wrong with you. Your energy is off. <laughs> she can pick up on people's energy. She she can she can pick up on people's energy. She can pick up on people's energy so much. So much. Even in the NICU, I knew what nurses she really liked and which one she just <laughs> wasn't having it. Cause her 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 um her her um what they call it. Her everything will be up and down. Like <laughs> when it's a nurse that she doesn't like, like all her um oh my gosh, it's right there. What am I trying to say? All her numbers, like you know, her heart rate and everything. Her oxygen you know, saturation. Her, yeah. Yeah. It'd be everywhere where she doesn't like <laughs> um but um she's a lovable person. She does what she wants to do. She, that's why I love that little girl so much. Yeah. She, um, even like with the milestones and stuff, like when she was crawling, I was like, you're not going to crawl. That girl just got up one day and just started crawling. Now you can't tell her nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> she just be, but um, yeah, her personality is, and it's showing more because she just hit one. So it's showing more now, yeah. her personality. Yeah, so, um, yeah. She's amazing, little kid. Lovable, personality lovable, um, don't care. She's going to do things at her own time, observe it. Yeah, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, Donnie, I appreciate you sharing your story today. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. There's so much stuff that I I could go into details, but I did not know <laughs> what. It's just so much, yeah. But thank you for having me, though. This is this is great what you're doing, um, sharing stories and everything. I, I, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. No, you're right. I think most people I know that have had over a month NICU stay, like you could write a novel of just the every day could be his own chapter. There's just so much information. It's so much. It's, 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 it's a lot. And that's why I really encourage um, moms to have a journal and, and keep track of everything. Because um, I, I think I had, I, what, did I see it on Instagram? Or was it, I don't know what I was watching because I watched a whole bunch of Netflix, MeQ and all this kind of stuff and YouTube. So mm. it's probably somewhere. But um, on her 13th birthday, she gave her daughter everything that she had when she was in the NICU, the journal, everything. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, it's a great idea. I was like, I don't know if I can wait till 13. I think at eight, I'll be like, look, excited. this look. is what you wear. <laughs> look what I have for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I even have her little, um, her pressure when they check her, her, her blood pressure, the little, the little um, cuff that they put around her arm. It's like this big. <laughs> I still have that. I have the first bottle um that she had got um 
fed with and yeah all those little things yeah I'm going to keep that in mind too for us because I have, I kept a bunch of stuff in a box, but I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. And I have a journal too. Uh No. Okay. On her 13th or 14th birthday, just have it ready to give to her. Yeah. Right. So your stay was six, how how much months? Six and a half months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's why I do (laughs) your face. Cause that's, that's two times. Like that, that, mine was three months. So I'm just like, yeah, our situation was really complicated. My daughter wasn't early, but she was born with a birth defect basically where her organs weren't all inside of her abdomen. And so with that, you never know how long you could stay. Like some people might have a shorter stay, but for us, Mm -hmm. we had a lot of respiratory issues. And then she ended up having heart surgery and it was just, it was, it just kept going on and on. But honestly, I think it got, I think it gets easier. The longer you're there, the more it becomes just your routine. And so, and she was doing so well by the end that it was like, I was like friends with the nurses. I would go there every day. Oh yeah, It was just a part of our routine for her to be there. Um, Which is crazy in hindsight, because I'm like, I shouldn't have felt that at home at the hospital, but you know, that's what happens when you have a long, long term thing. Yeah. You really start um, developing relationships with the nurses and everything. Um, You start knowing their names, everything about their family. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Danya, again, thank you for sharing your story.